Thank you for listening to Mailbox Money, your guided tour through safe, sacred, and speculative investing with a plan and a purpose to do more good with newfound peace of mind. Welcome into Mailbox Money. My name is Ryan Kruger, and I'm here with Jackson Wood. And I want to talk about what is almost, we can't agree on much anymore in this country, Jackson, but I think what most people would say at some time in their lives, they would agree is our biggest problem, um, an industry that we've got the only one I know with so many providers and customers equally unhappy. And I just had a recent reminder of how unbelievably wonderful solving those problems can be. And I can't wait to share it today. Um, we have an incredible tradition in this country, especially, but capitalism's record on this it's pretty clear that they reward problem solvers with the biggest rewards. And so I think we should always keep that in mind instead of agonizing or pounding the table on, on what's wrong. If one of the only big recurring dividends from this show is that it immediately starts your hardware and thinking of who's solving that problem, you may be on your way to an incredible trail of mailbox money, um, which, which we're going to, happily discuss some specific examples today. And if you're worried about inflation, if you're worried about one of the biggest arguments amongst politicians, no matter which aisle, side of the aisle you're on, we're going to solve that in this episode as well. We're going to share with you the most simple pop look under the hood, no room for debates or any politics or any problems. Look at the math behind what we're gonna call the healthiest of all dividends of capitalism. And then you and I are gonna share personal examples and we all have them. Um, we hope our community here can share and learn and grow with each other. And some of them are heartbreaking or real tough at first. And then the solutions are unbelievable. That's my version of impact investing and making a better climate. We're gonna share some specific um, examples and I'm excited about today's episode with you. I'm excited too. This is going to be one of those industries or one of those episodes where we can paint a picture that seems pretty dark and troublesome and stressful. And then when you look at the solution created by capitalism, not only for people that need help and that, that get help from these institutions, but also from their shareholders, it paints a pretty good picture and makes you smile just a little bit more when you think about and hear, hear certain news stories. So I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into it. Yeah, I can tell how excited you are because you almost let the cat out of the bag. You said specific industry. I was trying to be more creative <laughs> when I said capitalism's healthiest dividend, but let's get right to it. You're talking about the healthcare industry um, and full open playbook as always on this show. All we're gonna talk about along the way is what Jackson and I are personally doing as portfolio managers also sharing these non-fictional tales and stats and data with some real stories, but underlying all of it is, to me, the most important question you could ever ask any money manager is, all right, what are you doing about it? How are you personally invested? And it is our biggest sector waiting in our portfolio. I want to share exactly why. Um, and I don't think it's very controversial either. Um, even if you don't agree with any 
of these opinions. We'll take you under the hood where there's no opinions allowed, just the simple math of it all. I was reminded, Jackson, when our biggest couple of vacations this year were canceled after a horrible personal health care scare. And you're going to have to, I don't know if there's any mute or delete buttons on this podcast. You're the expert. But if I, if I break up or break down here in a second, because it was pretty emotional for me, make sure you delete me or, or, or put up one of those fancy dividend charts to make people smile again. But it was gut-wrenching for me as a dad. Um, and, and there is a happy ending of this story, thank goodness, which we'll share in a minute. But everything was canceled for us in this in this particular year and season of life. Um, because of my daughter's big healthcare scare, biggest scare I've ever had as a dad. And I was I was thinking about a, a gentleman I remember reading a lot about who was on vacation. His name was Robert. And a great example, another mailbox money principle is heads up, luck and karma, the incredible hope. Just be a little bit extroverted, even if you're a mathematical nerdy introvert like me. Um, like agreeing to do this podcast with you as an example, because you can really increase your surface area of luck. You can engineer it, I really believe. So he just struck up a conversation with the train's doctor, who at that time, it was a long time ago, the railroad had to have a doctor that was the general practitioner, the occasional surgeon when they were nowhere near a hospital. And the, working on a railroad, it was grueling work, and there was a lot of risk and a lot of injury. So this doctor had to do a lot of stuff. And he didn't even have the ability to sterilize instruments. And so Robert really got to thinking after this conversation and, and how big of a problem this was. And when he got home after vacation, he personally wrote a letter to every expert and doctor around the country and asked their opinion. Again, we should do more of those dialogues in this country about our biggest problems. But capitalism, problem solvers, aren't worried about debates and arguments. They're trying to solve it. And he said, if you were to put together a box that every one of these docks on the railroad could have access to, what would go in it? And he collected all these great opinions, and he put together the first aid kit that his little company back then, not so little now, Robert Johnson, it's the same first aid kit that little old Johnson & Johnson produces to this day, 135 years later. Solving problems, humongous dividends, recurring dividends. After you told me that story, I got on eBay and bought one of those uh, first aid kits and it sits on my shelf right behind me here. It's- uh, Oh, that's it's very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I opened it and uh, there's actual, I don't think it's 134 years old, but it's pretty old because when I opened it, I immediately closed it back up and we'll never open it again. There's still original stuff in there. Maybe they like put it behind plexiglass. Um, one of the best solutions to problems is obviously capitalism. Um, in this healthcare industry, people complain uh, and, and they're, they're, they're caused burdens because of the rising costs in the healthcare industry. Add on top of that inflation, prices are going up faster than a lot of people ever thought that they would, and, and it can cause some issues. I tumbled off of a slide uh, a couple weeks ago, busted up my shoulder, bleeding head, took an ambulance ride. I did not want to take an ambulance, by the way. Um, doctors took care of me. 
Um, and all I could think about the entire time was, wow, this is probably going to cost me a lot of money. I'm sure glad these guys are here when I need them, but I, you know, I'm waiting for the bill. It still hasn't gotten the mail yet. I'll let you know. Um, Medicare hospital costs, they're up 30 and 50% over the last decade. So a lot of people will complain about this, but the one thing that they always forget and always overlook is that healthcare stocks in that same time period have more than quadrupled. So I think about this when I'm at the gas pump, this is another example. Well, oil, oil companies, their stocks have performed incredibly well. So while we may be paying a little bit more, if you are a dividend uh, receiver, a shareholder of those companies, you are participating in the upside. Uh, it's true that the Affordable Care Act was debatable, political, um, the largest insurer in the nation since the Affordable Care Act was enacted is up 1,800% since that day. Talk about the ability to own stocks and equities and investments inside of health savings accounts or HSA accounts. Um, you can align yourself with capitalism and you can receive the dividends and the benefits as a shareholder. And one thing I do want to say really quickly about HSA accounts, while they're fantastic, and if you have money in there in a health care expense, those are what those accounts are designed for. There's a little bit of a financial planning trick along with HSAs. The tax benefit for putting money into these accounts, you can own investments inside of them. If you make it to age 65 or older without using the money in the HSA, you can pull the money from that for any expense in a tax-free distribution. So not only do you get the benefit of being a shareholder of incredible companies that are solving problems and rewarding shareholders with dividends, and dividend increases, there's also a little bit of financial planning flexibility if you happen to be able to take advantage of one of these HSA accounts. So maybe I'm coming over across as overly optimistic and maybe my attitude will change when I get the bill from the ambulance. Uh, but the truth is that the healthcare stocks and investments have more than outpaced the inflation that we're paying and the increased health costs. And that's something that I thought was important to add to the conversation. My favorite inflation hedge. Wherever you think prices are rising too fast, own them. That's right. <laughs> own the store. Um, healthcare seems to be a little more controversial. I think we kind of messed this up in the country. In this country again, the providers are getting squeezed. Um, we, we think we're paying too much as customers, but actually, doctors that we serve and clients and nurses, um, their personal incomes are going up significantly less because of everything attacking them while the whole country doesn't want to pay more. I want better care, health care, than I'm worried about health costs. And that doesn't matter how much money you have. I mean, my little bitty HSA that I was telling you about, that's a health savings account, which by the way, could go next to, if you have, I'm, I'm not an insurance expert, but I have one and I'm, I, have, I am a stock expert. So what I put inside that HSA, I was like, well, I figure as long as, just as a hedge on healthcare inflation and what everybody's arguing about, because I don't want to be a part of the argument, and I want to benefit if this cost runaway does continue to increase. And you're right, you said it. Inflation's significantly higher. Healthcare inflation, medical care and hospital costs up 30 and 50%, significantly higher than inflation. Um, if you just own the entire basket of healthcare stocks, quadrupling over that same decade, I just put my little bitty HSA, I put 100% of it in healthcare stocks for my kids. If I'm going to pay more. I might as well benefit. I'm probably, that, that's a pretty good hedge, I thought. Um, and I want to go under the hood 
of where there is no debates. And we'll pull back, because I could get into a big, giant debate of where I think we need to focus and stop beating up the industry, because I think I want them to have for-profit incentives. I don't want to keep attacking them for making too much money. As a customer one day, and I learned the hard way here recently, when, when you need it, you're going to want to be in this country, you're going to stop complaining, and you're going to want the best, and you're going to wish we did all this research and development, which I know you dove deep into, and we'll share that work here in a second, too. Um, I wish we treated these guys and gals better. I mean, they are heroes, especially what they've been through in the last couple of years. I walked into and out of that hospital over the last several months and literally got down on my knees a couple of times thanking every one of them full of gratitude. Um, and, and I don't expect, I don't want to be entitled to any average healthcare. I, I, I want to appreciate and find the best of any industry. And healthcare is at the very top of that list, not an entitlement that I want at the bottom. That's my personal opinion. Here's where I remove all opinions. We look the math of it all. The healthcare sector and why we happen to personally be overweight for investors. Um, the percentage of the S&P 500 index, if you're an index or passive investor, and we have episodes on the good and the bad of that, our personal opinion is I want to be actively managing. And here's an example why. 14% of the index is healthcare. So $14 out of every 100, if you own the S&P 500, is in healthcare stocks. One of the ways we actively manage is we want to look at the actual economic footprint of the sector, not what the voters, as old Ben Graham said, it, you know, short term, this is a voting machine, the stock market, the crowds, what they want to say, the markets, long term, it's a weighing machine. I think it's very true. And here's some simple numbers. Um, the economic footprint, the actual business that healthcare doing is doing is greater than 14%. That's the simple reason we're overweight. Examples. So top line operating revenue, 19% of the index is healthcare, but only 14 is invested there. So we're close to that 19 number, just the simple economic footprint. That's where our market weight happens to be. Um, more importantly, that operating revenue is growing almost twice as fast for healthcare as the overall market. Again, not every sector industry is raising prices. There's competition. There's people are having a harder time. There's a recession. There's different, all these different things. You have a choice as an investor. You have a choice. What is doing more business top line and growing, accelerating that advantage significantly faster? That happens to be a healthcare sector. 17% of the market's free cash flow comes from healthcare. 17%, so again, more than the market weight, which is also growing faster than the overall market. And all that matters to the stakeholders and the people that rely on us and investors that don't wanna get into any of that stuff under the hood, their dividend rate of what they can hold in their hands to know what is real, mailbox money that this show is devoted to, has been growing in healthcare almost twice as fast as the overall market with more dry powder in future. So we measure, one of the ways we measure the valuation of each sector is cash payout ratio. So for that dividend, what percentage of that dividend free cash flow and is significantly cheaper than the overall market? Healthcare has significantly more dry powder to continue to accelerate dividend increases. And it's cheaper valuation, 
The sector has less debt. So all of our opinions out the window, the simple math of it all is why we happen to be overweight. And then we're just reminded every once in a while the reason and the wonderful personal dividends from that sector as well. But I just wanted to share that simple, boring, beautifully objective math too. Yeah, and when you think about the companies, you know, they're cheaper, less debt, and they're investing more into R&D. And I want to talk about that sec that that idea for a second. Of the top 20 R&D... So to, to, to be clear, so research and development, in case you haven't heard that term, which is another way we measure a company, how much are they investing in research and development? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, and, and along that, that thought, you know, R&D expenses, the company is using some of their money that they're taking in from revenue to grow the size of their company, to expand, to develop new products, to develop new drugs, to develop new machinery, whatever it is. Of the top 20 R&D budgets in the market, half of that comes from healthcare. Okay, so these companies are actively and aggressively reinvesting some of their precious money back into growing the company. Um, of the 400 stocks that make up the S&P 500, or of, of the 500 stocks that make up the S&P 500, 400 of those are smaller than that one-year R&D expense from the healthcare companies. So when you rank these companies, they're putting more money back into R&D than 400 companies have in total market cap size. And so making this simple, what I think is important is you think about the Johnson & Johnson story of the first aid kit, had that company not poured money and taken risks, they would not today manufacture the shampoo that we use to wash my daughter's hair, right? So Johnson & Johnson, if you think about them, you might know them from Band-Aids, you might know them from some complex medical drug that they're prescribing, but chances are you also recognize that they make baby soap, the tear-free baby soap that probably sits on the shelves of 50% of American households. And so when you think about what these companies are doing from the shareholder perspective, they're investing their money before they pay a dividend in order to grow the company. When that turns out to be successful, what you receive as a shareholder is an increasing dividend over time. And to me, that's going to make an impact in every American's life. That's going to make healthcare better. That's going to make our, us healthier and it's going to put some more money in the pockets of the shareholders. And, and to me, that just tells a very incredible story. Um, it's something that's powerful, and it gives you a little bit of hope in you know, aligning yourself and investing in, in the sector. The recent example I had that brought me to my knees was a big scare for our middle daughter. Um, and, you know, for three months of her life, we were in and out of this hospital in scares, and it ended unbelievably well and, and true miracles. And I had so much time thinking there, sitting there holding hands with my wife, um, how lucky we were, no, no matter what happened, to, to have the best chances. I mean, all these complaints that we make about this country, I just wanna, especially not in a hospital, you're not really supposed to punch somebody in the face, but, but I felt like <laughs> anybody who complains, um, my gosh, what a reminder of you. You don't want to be anywhere else on the planet than when something bad happens in the particular hospital that we were at. Texas Children ranked number one in some measures anywhere in the country. You had people from all over the world flying in. Um, another incredible reminder. And 
I just had so much time to sit there and think. And of course, a lot of downtime. So I'm still doing stock research as well. And all the time as a relatively healthy young family, as we are, and you're a lot healthier and younger than us. I mean, all those times that I was pouring money into the private health insurance companies, paying through the nose, for whatever weird reason, I never complained. As a business owner, a small business owner, it's, it's even more expensive. We don't have the big benefits of company, um, corporate, big corporate plans. And the health insurer made out like bandits on me. And I'm really okay with that because when I needed it, I didn't want any questions. I didn't want any problems. So that worked out really well for them, which is why I'm heavily invested. <laughs> But it also worked out well for my family. And I'm sitting there and thinking, I, you know me, I'm, I'm a nerd, probably drove that same sweet wife crazy. I'm looking around all these simple supplies in a hospital, the, the, the first aid kits of that world that have been around in some cases 50, 75, 100 plus years that won't change. And then smashed right in the face with some of the most innovative, unbelievable results of that R&D that you talked about and brought into this room when they finally operated on my precious angel with robots and all these different hands and working through five different holes. And that sweet angel is better than ever. Thank goodness. Um, it was an incredible up close look. And we all know that we need to save for healthcare when it comes up. We all, I, I just, in the back of your mind, you know it, you want it, save it. Cause when it's there, you're going to be reminded of how unbelievably fortunate we are in this country and that R&D and reinventing yourself and being able to do things we couldn't even imagine for better quality of life and seeing these doctors and nurses up around the clock, full of excitement, full of joy. I core, you know me, I mean, I bear hug, tackle some of these guys and gals when I see them. One of them in particular, I, I thought he was new because he was that energetic in the middle of the night. And I was just struck. And so, of course, we had time to share stories, both born in Louisiana. And he finally just closed, matter-of-factly, that the next day he was going to celebrate his 36th year at that hospital in the same role. I am forever grateful. I love that. So our, our story is not quite as emotional as that one, but as a dad, I feel more grateful than I have, ever have for healthcare. So my son was born healthy as could be, gets a pretty bad eye infection when he's four months, maybe three months old. And we took him to the hospital here in our little town, treated it, they got it okay, but it re we realized that it was gonna cause him to have some vision issues moving forward. And my thought is, how's he gonna hit a golf ball? Is he gonna be able to play baseball? It, maybe I'm being superficial, but I just wanted my kid to have a normal, normal life. So we go to the doctor here and progressing, everything is healthy aside from the vision issues. He, he's as healthy as can be. One day it dawns on us after the doctor said, the local doctor here, you know, he's going to have okay vision. You know, he's going to wear glasses, whatever. Maybe we'll have some issues down the road, but, but he'll be all right. Dawned on us. All right. We got to make sure we're giving him everything he can to have perfect vision. So we take the drive. I don't care if I've got to drive two hours down to primary children's, which is a pretty popular hospital in, in Salt Lake. Not only does he get better care there, more expensive, I might add, he gets a team. So instead of one rural country doctor working on him, now he's got a team for cornea, for vision, for this, you know, all this different stuff. And long story short, kid's got 20, 25 vision, 
takes me yard every time I throw him the nastiest curveball I'm capable of, pipes his drives down the fairway, gives him every advantage he, he needs or, or opportunity at least to have good vision. And I will drive down the two hours out of network for our healthcare every single week if I had to, to, to give him that opportunity. And when you walk into one of these world-class facilities, every time that healthcare cost comes out of our you know, expenses each month, I smile. Well, I right, smile. and and it. I, I smile when I see these videos. I mean, I I told him, he and he just now he's strutting around. I call him the big thumper. He says, "Dad, look, you hang him, we bang him." He actually has crazy <laughs> hand-eye coordination, which is not all just eyesight, but like he's like uncommonly gifted, um, which gives me a giant smile as his sworn-in uncle. And and I want to just put a real, real strong, emotional from the hearts of two dads but from the minds of two money managers, Capper, on in every sector, this just happens to be the best, longest lasting, healthiest example um, that problem solving is the best business in every sector. And yes, that means there should be a lot of profits. If some people wanna make a career or politics out of complaining about them, that's why we'd never get voted in. Um, it is not a conflict of interest. It is the purest incentive that we've ever found. Companies that stand the test of time and reward their stakeholders and reinvest capital better than others others will not only survive and thrive, but we can all make considerable mailbox money from them and enjoy the best, biggest dividends from the same company's improved lives. Um, yes, we're measuring dividends. That's our personal craft. That's our expertise. One thing I like, and we'll wrap it up here, is dividends don't lie. They're not an accounting trick. They're not anybody's opinion. What should happen next? A dividend can only be paid from what is happening. And I've never been more thankful in my life to own a big chunk of a sector that has a whole lot of what is happening right for all of us. I love it. If anybody has any questions, wants to jump on the phone on, on the phone or on a Zoom call with Ryan and I, team at freedomdaysolutions.com and our website where you can get this podcast, you can get all of our blogs, all of our articles and reach out to us is freedomdaysolutions.com. This show is brought to you by Freedom Day Solutions, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm advising individuals and families nationwide. Performance is not guaranteed and past results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. To learn more, visit freedomdaysolutions.com. This show contains general information that is not suitable for everyone and was shared for informational purposes only. Any forward-looking statement or opinion expressed is subject to change without notice. Nothing contained herein constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, nor is it to be relied on in making investment or other decisions. Clients of Freedom Day Solutions may hold positions in the securities discussed.